Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is June 7th. In 1928, the Plymouth automobile was introduced at Madison Square Garden. It was a Chrysler Corporation's first entry into the low-price field previously dominated by Chevrolet and Ford. Plymouths were initially priced higher than the competition but offered standard features such as internal expanding hydraulic brakes that Ford and Chevrolet did not provide. Plymouths were originally sold exclusively through the Chrysler Corporation dealerships. Offering a low-cost alternative to the upscale Chrysler brand cars, listing the four-door, five-passenger touring sedan at $695. The logo featured a rear view of the ship Mayflower, which landed at Plymouth Rock in Plymouth, Massachusetts. However, the inspiration for the Plymouth brand came from the Plymouth Binder Twine, produced by the Plymouth Cordage Company, also of Plymouth. The name was chosen by Joe Frazier due to the popularity of the twine among farmers. The origins of Plymouth can be traced back to the Maxwell automobile, when Walter P. Chrysler took over control of the troubled Maxwell Chalmers Car Company in the early 1920s, he inherited the Maxwell as part of the package. After he used the company's facilities to help create and launch the six-cylinder Chrysler automobile in 1924, he decided to create a lower-priced companion car using lessons learned when he was running Buick under William Durant at GM. So for 1926, the Maxwell was reworked and rebadged as a low-end four-cylinder Chrysler 52 model. In 1928, the 52 was once again redesigned to create the Chrysler Plymouth Model Q. The Chrysler portion of the nameplate was dropped with the introduction of the Plymouth Model U in 1929. And in 1966, a former actor named Ronald Reagan received the Republican nomination for governor of California on June 7th. He won that election in no- that November and was sworn in on January 2nd, 1967. Reagan's tenure as the Golden State's governor gave him credibility as a political leader, paving the way for his victory in the 1980 presidential election. Reagan was born in Illinois and worked as a construction worker, lifeguard, and radio announcer before becoming an actor. His first stint at political leadership was as the president of the Screen Actors Guild from 1947 to 1952. Originally a Democrat, Reagan had grown dissatisfied with the New Deal policies and in 1960 switched to the Republican Party. He then started putting his Hollywood fame to work, campaigning for Republican candidates. Eventually, Reagan's charisma and popularity as an actor and a rousing speech he delivered in support of presidential candidate Barry Goldwater in 1964 convinced the California Republican Party to back him for governor in 1966. Reagan served two terms as governor for California from 1967 to 1975, presiding over the tumultuous Vietnam War protest era of the late 1960s and early 1970s. In 1969, he called on the National Guard troops to twell to quell a protest at the University of California Berkeley campus saying, if it takes a bloodbath, let's get it over with, no more appeasement. His first two presidential campaigns in 1968 and 76 failed, but his stature as a natural player in politics rose with both both attempts. In 1980, he successfully challenged and battled Democratic incumbent Jimmy Carter for the presidency and ushered in a new era, era of new conservatism in American politics. 
Reagan was the first actor to be elected president after two centuries dominated by lawyers and soldiers. He was also the only California governor to hold the office. He served as the 40th president for two terms between 1981 and 1989. And finally, in 1982, Elvis Presley's home was open to the public, becoming the ultimate rock and roll pilgrimage for music fans around the world. In 1982, around 3,000 fans paid the $5 admission fee for the opportunity to be one of the first to experience the place that the king of rock and roll called home. Before Graceland Plaza existed, fans would gather at a staging area across the street and wait in line for their turn to tour Elvis's home. During the early years, Elvis's cars and motorcycles were lined up in the carport and fans would exit the tour through the carport door. The trophy building consisted of his gold record collection, awards, costumes, gun collection, and several other pieces of memorabilia. The mansion tour included the living room, music room, dining room, TV room, pool room, and the trophy building. Over the past 30 years, Graceland has been visited by fans, music lovers, political leaders, celebrities, and more. Thank you to the ground those around the world who have visited Graceland and continue to keep the King's legacy alive. If you haven't had a chance to visit us yet, we look forward to welcoming you here at Graceland soon. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com the Chrysler Plymouth at DealerLifeToday.com, Ronald Reagan at History.com, and Graceland open to the public at Graceland.com. The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.